Hello and welcome to the Katie Halper Show. Please rain review the Katie Halper Show on iTunes. Please support the show on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. Hello, everyone. We are live and I am Katie Halper from the Katie Halper Show. And I'm joined by the lovely Leslie Lee. Hello, Leslie. Hey, Katie. How's it going? Good. You? I'm good. I'm good. Good to see you again. You too. Well, um, very important show that we're doing today, which is uh, we will be talking to Stella Morris, the fiance of Julian Assange. She met Julian Assange while working on his case. So she is someone who can talk about the case um, from both the political, personal and legalistic perspective. Um, and there's some breaking news about that, um, both in terms of, well, there's breaking news that barely got covered, which is that the star witness of the case basically admitted that he had invented evidence against Assange. Um, no one's been talking about that. Like you cannot find it anywhere. Um, and uh, we're also going to be talking about the decision of the high court, which decided uh, that they will allow the United States to appeal the lower court's decision to block the extradition. So there's a lot to talk about and people need to hear about it. And the press is doing like, they're doing an excellent job at showing that they are abysmal. Like, I just want to make the case, make it clear, make it plain that we live in a world where the biggest free press, the biggest freedom of press story like the biggest story about a single person, right? That exemplifies the free the struggle for free press is ignored by whom? The press. Right? Yes, absolutely. It's it Yes, absolutely. It's it's I mean, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but we got to preach because first of all, you got to preach to get the choir mobilized and in the mood to sing, right? Because we got to make sure we get the word out on this. And we also should, we should honestly, Leslie, you and I are good at this about at like coming up with, we got to figure it out. We have to shame some people. Into we got to shame them. Oh, yeah. Bullying. The New York Times. Yeah. We got to yeah, bully, hashtag bully the New York Times. Yes. We yeah, should we do come. that. I mean, because the thing is, like, especially during Trump, like, there were, they did get in a tizzy about press freeze um, now and then, right? With the line Mostly about when him. Trump yelled at them. Yeah, when you, mostly just Trump being mean. Yeah, exactly. Not the things he actually did, like, not Julian Assange, but, like, him just saying, like, mean stuff in general about the press, like, nasty yeah. gossip. So, really very excited, blessed to have Stella Morris, who met Julian Assange, working on his case. And in case, actually, people, not everyone knows this. So Stella Morris met Julian Assange working on the case, and then they fell in love. And while he was in the embassy, they had two children. And they kept it a secret, because as you can tell, you'll probably, I mean, Stella is not a very, it's not like, I mean, I, I feel like if I went through that, I would have been I wouldn't have been able to keep up this low a profile. I would have been tweeting. Like, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It would have been harder for me to use self-control. But my point is that they kept it very secret and 
they're like terrible stories about what the they were spied on like awful stuff her her kids diapers were looked through like she was told by a spanish security guard who was who was um in the um in the embassy in ecuador in the british emb Eng english embassy in ecuador she was told not to bring their kids anymore because they were going through the diapers to do tests to figure out if they were his kids. Oh, geez. Can you imagine that? So this is someone who's gone through so much. Very excited, um, grateful to have uh, joining us Stella Morris from Over the Pond. Hello, Stella. How are you? Could you just tell us um, how you know uh, Julian? And then we can get into the latest news. Well, I met Julian in 2011. He was not yet in the embassy, but he was under house arrest. Uh, so if you cast your mind back to what you were doing in, in 2011, uh, just imagine how long he's been deprived of his liberty. I, I joined the legal team to work on his legal case. And um, then eventually in 2015, uh, we got together and we had a baby in 2017. And our youngest was born in 2019, uh, just a few weeks before he was expelled from the embassy. So our youngest, he's only ever met inside uh, Belmarsh Prison. Uh, the last time I saw Julian uh, was yesterday morning, but I hadn't seen him for eight months between October and, uh, well, about three weeks ago when the prison reopened to visits for uh, family, just very close family. Uh, so he hadn't seen the kids for eight months. I had seen him in January uh, and uh, yeah, in January in court. But apart from that, uh, we, we hadn't seen each other. Um, so he's, you know, he's, he won his case in, in January uh, and he's being kept on remand in a high security prison in London where he's been for the past two and a half years almost uh, just solely on the, on the grounds that the US wants to extradite him uh, to, to basically be prosecuted for uh, journalism, and he faces 175 years in the United States. And two things happened recently, right? One thing um, this week, uh, which was the high court's decision in England, and, and on a related note, we now know from an Icelandic journalist, right, that one of the main, like the star witness against Julian was not telling the truth. So those two things going hand in hand, like that should never, that order in itself is disturbing, right? So like a major revelation about how weak the case is against him is followed by a decision to allow the United States to appeal um, the decision against extraditing him. But I will let you, because you are the, the actual um, jurist, explain that in more accurate ways. Uh, well, the, the uh, Julian won in January, as I said, and the U.S. appealed, uh, uh, made a, an application to appeal the decision two days before the Trump administration left office. Uh, so this is really uh, Trump who locked in uh, the, the appeal. Uh, that being said, the DOJ and the Biden administration could just abandon it at any time. They have no... <laughs> You know, they, they have no obligation to pursue it. So it's a policy decision to continue pursuing this case. Uh, 
And it took the high court six months and one day uh, to deliver its decision that it will allow permission for the US to appeal. So it doesn't mean that the appeal has been granted. It just means that there will be a hearing where the US will be able to present its arguments. And what the US has done after losing the case, um, at the umpteenth hour, it now says that it has delivered something uh, that are called assurances, uh, but you shouldn't be misguided uh, by the name uh, or undertakings. And what the undertakings say essentially are that uh, the extreme, most extreme form of uh, um, prison conditions that could be possible that were discussed during the, the hearings last year um, won't be imposed by the US, except if they change their mind once he's in US custody. So it's completely absurd. They're not uh, you know, worth the paper they're written on. Uh, I've, I've been tweeting about it a little bit uh, during the, the, without wanting to go into too much legal detail, there's uh, something called SAMS, which is essentially torture. It's burying you alive. Uh, you are completely isolated from speaking to family and friends. Uh, the lawyers can be placed or placed under a gag, not able to even speak to the press or the public about your conditions. It's basically there for um, uh, defendants in national security cases where they have uh, they can invoke the national security uh, reasoning in order to completely disappear you from uh, the world. And so uh, this SAMS condition is uh, determined by uh, the head of the intelligence agencies because it's national, it pertains to national security. And so it would be ultimately up to the head of the CIA, the head of the NSA, etc., cetera, um, to determine whether Julian should be held in SAMS. Uh, so, you know, after everything we've been through, while we were in the embassy, uh, Julian was, was not only being spied on, you know, passively, he was being actively spied on. His lawyers were being actively targeted. Our child was being actively targeted. Uh, and when I say that, it's uh, microphones uh, were being placed in fire extinguishers in the meeting rooms. Uh, when we were having legal meetings, there are emails with instructions uh, to target lawyers. Um, there are pictures of, of lawyers' uh, homes. Uh, they were being followed. Um, and there were even plots to kidnap and killed Julian inside the embassy. And we found out after Julian was dragged out of the embassy that this was, uh, that the security, security company that was carrying out these illegal operations was contracted by uh, no, none less than Sheldon Adelson's uh, corporation, Las Vegas Sands. Uh, it sounds completely absurd. It sounds like some crazy, uh, spy plot movie, but it's right. absolutely true. Uh, Sheldon Adelson was Trump's uh, biggest financial backer. Uh, when Trump took office, uh, if you look at the inauguration, there's Trump's uh, family right next to him. And then right next to them is Sheldon Adelson and his wife. Uh, so that, that guy's uh, 
security company, like the security section of Las Vegas Sands, was working and instructing uh, the Spanish security company that was working in the embassy. Basically, the CIA was in the Ecuadorian embassy. It's mind boggling. And so, uh, you know, if they're capable of doing these things, and everyone knows that the CIA is capable of anything and everything, uh, then does anyone doubt that they wouldn't recommend Julian uh, go under Sam's once he was on US soil? But these undertakings are completely absurd. And then there's an additional one about Australia. Basically, Julian is an Australian citizen. And of course, he would be entitled to prisoner transfer after all the uh, appeals uh, process was is, is exhausted. That means he'd have to go all the way up to the Supreme Court and then he would be eligible for prisoner transfer to Australia. We're talking possibly a decade or even two. What the US is proposing is to put Julian in prison for the rest of his life. And you know this is, is completely outrageous. They're, they're, the US government is going into this as if putting a journalist in prison was negotiable, as if how much he should be tortured, how much he, he should be put in solitary confinement was negotiable. Julian is being prosecuted, and, and some people might not know this, uh, because of publications in 2010 that he received, uh, a leak that he received from an army private who was in Iraq at the time uh, and who was a whistleblower. And it saw all the um, illegality uh, going on around, around her uh, at the time and uh, decided, to, decided to blow the whistle. And that's uh, what led to the publication by WikiLeaks of the Iraq war logs, the Afghan war diaries, the US diplomatic cables, and uh, the Guantanamo Bay detainee files, and the famous collateral murder video. And this is what is this, this is what Julian is being prosecuted over. This is the publications uh, that WikiLeaks is probably most famous for. Uh, many people uh, you know, know WikiLeaks from, from the 2016 pu publications, but really uh, the, the global impact and um, the, the biggest uh, publications are from 2010. And this is what he is being, uh, what he's in prison over. Uh, sorry, I, I should go into the Icelandic, maybe the Icelandic thing, if you want, but oh, I've been, so, like yeah, I've been yeah. talking for too long. No, 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 that's great. Okay, so that is the, and, and everyone, by the way, this is, this is one of the things that the, the powers, you know, that be are, are able to use to their advantage, which is that this is so, it's, it's so complicated. I mean, it isn't complicated, but it is, right? The basics are that this is an issue of free press. And there's no justification for it. But the whole process is so Byzantine that it just it, it's hard to even explain one aspect of it. But we're doing that. You've done that in an amazing way. Um, a lot of Assange allies have been doing that. Um, Marianne Williamson also, by the way, I just want to mention her. She's been great on this. And happy birthday, Marianne Williamson. So give her a shout out. But yes, please tell us about the issue in um, with the Icelandic witness. Yeah, so this should be, you know, front page news uh, in all the, the major newspapers. And I think the reason why it's not is because they're really afraid of the story. The story is that the U.S. star lead witness that the U.S. Uh, introduced very late in the day, uh, two weeks before we recommenced our hearings in September, um, well, before in the U.S., but they waited uh, 
until two weeks before the UK proceedings to introduce it into this jurisdiction, uh, was based on the testimony of an Icelandic man whose surname is Thordarson. And uh, all these new allegations were brought in essentially to beef up uh, the computer charge. So Julian's, uh, the charges against Julian, he faces 175 years. 170 years of those uh, pertain to the Espionage Act. And it's called the Espionage Act, but really what he's being um, uh, prosecuted for is receiving and possessing and communica communicating uh, true information that was in the public interest to the public. So there's no espionage involved at all uh, in, in what he's accused of. Uh, and he received that from a journalistic source. Now, they've, they've tried to concoct a conspiracy with Chelsea Manning, who was the source. And uh, after the initial part of the hearing in February 2020, uh, that that accusation no longer um, was sustainable because we had presented evidence by a uh, 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 forensic expert who uh, broke it down and explained that what the US was arguing was the purpose of, of the so-called conspiracy is impossible because that's not how these computers work. Uh, without going into too much details, essentially they, we, we ripped that uh, charge apart. And so what the US had to do desperately was try to beef up the computer charge because what they, uh, basically the computer charge, which is just five years out of the 175 total, <clears throat> is just there so that the DOJ can keep on repeating, oh no, he's not a journalist. It's something to do with computer hacking without being very, you know, being very vague about what it actually is. And so what they did was introduce this lead witness, the star witness, Thorderson. And Thorderson is a, a man who was a, a volunteer uh, in 2011, I think, uh, briefly. And he is a diagnosed sociopath um, and convicted embezzler, fraudster. Uh, and he's also been convicted of, of uh, sex crimes in relation to, to minors. Uh, and this man is, you know, you can just imagine how, how desperate the US prosecution has to be in order to go to this guy uh, to testify against Julian. Uh, obviously a very vulnerable person um, and uh, one that has absolutely no credibility. Um, and so what's the, the newest development is that uh, an investigative outlet in uh, Iceland, a very reputable one, which has won uh, numerous um, journalistic prizes, has this enormous scoop where the lead witness for the DOJ admits that he lied uh, to US prosecutors. And those lies are the basis of the second superseding indictment, which is the indictment that Julian is is um, is in prison over. So basically, it's it's lies that are uh, keeping Julian in prison. And it's not just that he lied to prosecutors, it's that those lies, you know, are all over the indictment. And the UK judge uh, deemed them so relevant that she also included them in the judgment. Uh, so essentially, the DOJ has misled the UK court. Uh, and now there are uh, admitted lies uh, where the witness has recanted 
in 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 uh, in both the indictment and the and the judgment. Uh, so this is a huge story. Basically, the story is the U.S. case is falling apart before our eyes. There is no legal basis uh, for keeping Julian in prison. Uh, there is no legal case against him. Uh, they've had to lie and had to use a, 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 a sociopath uh, who's, who's now admitted that he was lying in order to keep him in prison. And this is ultimately what they are trying to do. They're trying to keep Julian in prison for the longest time possible. Uh, Julian isn't serving a sentence. He's in prison. He's been there for almost two and a half years. This is a basically punishment through process and they keep on um, just prolonging it. Uh, and it's been, you know, uh, he hasn't been a free man since, since 2010. Uh, and that's when uh, these Manning publications were published. You said that you think that they're afraid and that's why they haven't spoken out. Uh, the, the, the New York Times, the media, can you talk more about that, why that is? Well, I, I don't know for sure uh, what, what's going on in, in their minds. I suspect that their uh, sources in the, in the government, in the DOJ, are telling them, do not report this, do not, ever, do not mention this. And that's because the sources in the government is terrified of this uh, becoming known, of, of it becoming, uh, um, you know, the, the public finding out that the U.S. Uh, case against Julian Assange is... is basically bogus and and uh, that their lead witness uh, has turned out to be a liar and not just a liar, but a liar for for everyone to see. Um, I think that's what's going on. Uh, but I, I don't think it's sustainable over time uh, because it's such a big story. It's so important and newsworthy and just shows how rotten this case is to the core um, that over time it's it's unsurmountable. And I'm putting in a, a link to your to the this website right here, right? Uh, and it is um, crowdjustice.com/case/assange/appeal, and I'll put a link to it in the YouTube. Actually, what can people do, and wh and what's next? And and so they they decided that the that the United States can appeal this, right? And Biden and his Justice Department could just drop the appeal like that. Absolutely, uh, the. Biden administration can drop this anytime they want. And they have this, they run this excuse that they don't interfere. Biden, the White House, uh, have this excuse that they don't interfere in um, the matters pertaining to the DOJ. Uh, but that's just uh, not credible at all because it is a policy decision to decide to go after journalists criminally. It is a policy decision that Obama did not want to go down this road. And yes. that's why he decided not to prosecute him. That's why he decided not to prosecute Julian. And it was announced. Um, and it was a policy decision by the Trump, de uh, Trump administration to go after the press. And Julian's prosecution is just one aspect of how the Trump administration went after the tr press. Uh, basically, the, the, the background of how this case came to be is that uh, as soon as Trump got into office, WikiLeaks published two major leaks. Uh, one was uh, the CIA's meddling in the French elections of 2012. And the second one is Vault 7, the biggest leak in CIA history. Uh, and Pompeo, who was heading up the, the CIA at the time, uh, he made his maiden speech about WikiLeaks and about bringing down Julian. 
uh, and, and WikiLeaks. He said, this ends now. Isn't that extraordinary that the head of the CIA decided to single out a publisher as its biggest enemy um, in his maiden speech? I mean, surely the US has bigger concerns uh, than, than a, a, a journalistic outlet. Uh, but no, so Pompeo was a big driver in this. Uh, and then there was a confluence there with, with Trump who wanted to go after the press. And there was a decision to put a head on a pike. Uh, and uh, a head on a pike meant going beyond what they had done before. Under the Obama administration, they had prosecuted whistleblowers under the Espionage Act. But now under the Trump administration, they took it one step further. And that step further is uh, what opens up the precedent for the rest of uh, journalists to be prosecuted because it's the first time with Julian's case that they have indicted a publisher uh, a journalist, a publisher under the Espionage Act for the act of publishing, for receiving, possessing, and communicating information to the public. Uh, and so that's, this is where, where the, the case comes from, the Trump administration's decision to go after the press. And so it's the Biden administration's policy decision to continue that. And so all this debate about whether the DOJ, about the DOJ uh, under Barr authorizing uh, the seizure of journalists' communications uh, in relation to leak investigations. Legally speaking, that is just, uh, you know, it's nothing compared to what the significance of the case against Julian is uh, in terms of the First Amendment and press freedom. Uh, all the press freedom organizations, you know, the, the organizations that have actually sat down to analyze this indictment, as well as the Washington Post and New York Times editorial boards, uh, some would find surprisingly, um, are completely opposed to this prosecution. And that is because they've actually done the legal analysis. And uh, what's important to understand about the case against Julian is that they're not criminalizing Julian. Uh, because his name is Julian Assange, uh, they're criminalizing journalism because you don't you don't uh, indict the person or the character. You're indicting the actions and the actions, the 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 uh, uh, the activity is what then sets the precedent for future activity, legally speaking. Uh, and so they the the uh, they're, they're criminalizing journalism. Uh, and many people don't get that uh, and th why it's so significant uh, that, that uh, why this case is so significant and why it's so important uh, to drop uh, for the Biden administration to drop this uh, prosecution. And in terms of the uh, what can be done, well, I think uh, lawmakers need to uh, step up and uh, that needs to happen through through the American people. The American people need to to um, communicate the expectation to to the lawmakers that they have to oppose this, and it's not hard. Lawmakers have to understand that it's politically risky not yeah. to say anything, because all they have to do is align themselves with the most mainstream uh, of organizations one can imagine the New York Times, the Washington Post, the ACLU, you know, the CPJ, Human Rights Watch, Amnesty, they're all on the same page here that this case has to be dropped, not just because they're persecuting a, an innocent man, a journalist, a publisher, 
but because it sets a terrible precedent that is a threat uh, to, to uh, our freedoms and democracy. Are there any powerful people, any lawmakers, any elected officials who are actually talking about this? Not publicly, uh, you know, and, and if they're not talking about it publicly, then, then what's the point right. of them? Uh, there really needs to be a, a change of uh, a reckoning for these people. Um, you know, the, the, now that the case is falling apart, it's just uh, completely uh, absurd that uh, counterproductive um, for, uh, you know, even mainstream people to, to, uh, to, to not speak out. And, you know, when Julian was, was uh, arrested, even Rachel Maddow came out denouncing it. Uh, even Chris Hayes, you know, it, it's, not, it's not hard to do because the case is so outrageous. Uh, so really it's, it's um, I think what, what needs to happen is there needs to be, there needs to be a shift where those who don't speak out against this are the marginal ones. We are not the outliers. We are backed by the organizations that defend civil liberties. It's the other ones, it's the ones who are not speaking out who are not speaking out for civil liberties, and they have to yeah. be put on the spot for that. Yes, put them on blast. We will, we, so tell us who we should go after. I mean, I'm looking at, where's, have Rachel Maddow or Chris Hayes covered the latest? Because that's this is huge the 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 witness thing and of course what just happened yesterday you know I think that something's really that something really important for people to realize is that there are a lot of people with Trump derangement syndrome out there and I just want to tell these people that Assange Julian Assange is not being prosecuted for anything related to 2016 nothing related to the election so. First of all, even if you thought he was responsible for that, you wouldn't. That doesn't give you the right to lock someone up. Second of all, he's not responsible for Trump's election. But even if it were, but I guess I'm saying that because I know that there are some people who are just irrational, have visceral hatred. People who I would, who I usually respect, and who are usually capable. You know, this just used. This used to be standard issue liberal stuff, right? I may not agree with you, but I'll fight to the death for your right to to say it. Yeah, and Leslie and I, I we're going to go after whomever you tell us to. Who do we have to expose? Well, I think I think really the the the, the progressive wing of the Democrats uh, really needs to uh, step up on this issue. Uh, if they don't stand for uh, you know for the First Amendment, for press freedom, uh, for the exposure of war crimes, for the exposure of illegal wars in the Middle East, then they're fakes, basically. Uh, in relation to just briefly in relation to 2016, I think people just aren't armed with the right arguments because uh, they might not know that there was a court decision uh, in 2019 by the Southern District of New York, uh, Judge Kotal, who affirmed that uh, WikiLeaks uh, has, has the uh, fullest protection of the First Amendment in relation to the 2016 publications, and not just that, but those publications were of the highest um, public interest. And also that the uh, the uh, editor of the New York Times, Dean Baquet, uh, did an interview with the BBC, uh, I think back in 
2017 or so, where he said that he would also have published the 2016 material. It's just something that uh, people who don't want to support Julian just fall back on. Uh, there isn't much reasoning to it. it it's a way to avoid uh, the issue of press freedom and, uh, and defending uh, the public's right to know. Uh, but I think that defending the public's right to know is actually something that uh, people can rally around and uh, rather than uh, look uh, backwards, uh, we should look at what, what the US government is trying to do here in the set precedent it is trying to set and that is to uh, reduce our ability to hold government to account uh, and to uh, publish freely. Uh, and that's not so difficult. And it, when you put it that way, it's really a, a no brainer. What do you have to say? And I feel kind of gross even asking this, but I think that there are people whose brains like don't work. And, and if you say to them, this is a question of free press, they'll be like, I don't care. Uh, help enabling Trump, which is the narrative, right? Um, I'm just saying this on a strategic level, right? I, I, this is obviously everyone watching the stream knows that this is a disgusting thing to believe in. But there are people who are like, I don't care what the rules are. I don't care what the law says. This guy gave the election to Trump. What, what's your response to that besides that they're actually being Trumpian in their disregard for rule of law, et cetera? Those people probably don't know that WikiLeaks published the biggest uh, uh, major uh, leaks under, under Trump as soon as Trump was elected. As soon as he was elected, WikiLeaks was uh, trying to obtain his tax records. Uh, you know, and you just have to go to twi uh, WikiLeaks Twitter um, account to see how uh, WikiLeaks was was critical of Trump from from right. day one, and in fact, uh, even before that, and even the uh, before the election. But they've there has been a, a uh, it's part of the Hillary uh, campaign's attempt to um, draw attention away from her failure to get. Uh, Democratic votes. And as everyone probably remembers, I mean, early on in the contest, uh, Bernie Sanders was polling better against Trump than Hillary Clinton. Um, so, you know, they, they, they rigged the primaries and chose the less competitive uh, uh, candidate. And this is part of uh, the, the attacks on Julian are basically part of the Hillary campaign's deflection uh, from their uh, inability to to uh, win over uh, votes. This should be irrelevant, but I just think it's an important thing for people to remember because even well, the people. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's really easy. Um, Trump indicted Julian. Right. That's the thing. Yes, this is the thing. <laughs> All the people who like Obama, right? All the people who love Obama and they say that he is a rule of law respecting, you know, constitutional law, understanding, um, rational, nuanced thinker. And we're so happy that Biden is back and it's back to normal. And we don't have this like now that Trump's gone, we are now the leaders of the free world again. They need to call out Biden. They need to call in, call him in and say, you're siding with Pompeo and Donald Trump. Why are you doing this? Why aren't you following your boy Obama? He's your well, dude. Yeah, every, everyone who is wanting Julian in prison is siding with Trump. <laughs> Biden's one of them, but every, everyone who is justifying Julian's continued imprisonment is siding with the Trump administration. Yeah. Uh, not only that, I mean, think about it. Who knows what will happen in, I think, three years' time? 
Pompeo is probably going to run. I mean, Pompeo is the worst element of the Trump administration, way worse than, you know, terrible, terrible. Uh, and and that guy's probably going to run for president. Uh, what will happen in three years' time? Look at this precedent that is being set against Julian. Does anyone doubt that Pompeo will go after uh, the press just like, you know, just like under Trump? It will be just the same thing and worse because they'll already have the precedent because Julian has been in prison uh, for two and a half years and this thing has been allowed uh, to continue. What can, pe what can people do? People really want to know what they can do. And again, I really want to like thank you so much for for your time. And I really like I, I, I really you're in my you and your kids are in my thoughts. And I'm really sorry that you have to go through this. I mean, it's an attack on free press. It's attack on freedom uh, on the First Amendment. And then, of course, you're you're experiencing this on a very personal, visceral level. And of course, as is Julian. So. I really do, you know, want to thank you so much. And, and of course, please, if you, there's anything else that you make that you want to make sure people know about. Well, look, history is on Julian's side. Uh, this is this is a a uh, classical uh, political persecution. Uh, this is what um, this is what other countries do to silence journalists. Uh, this is not what the U.S. does. Or, or if it is what the U.S. does, then the U.S. Is, uh, has, has undergone a, a, a very serious uh, transition into uh, something else. You can't have it. a superpower with a free press is completely different to a superpower that doesn't have a free press. And this is basically what is happening. I have no doubt that in a few years time, this case will be properly understood for the travesty that it is. Uh, it will be a reference uh, for future generations. It is the free press uh, case of this century. It has the capacity of nullifying the, the, the New York Times Pentagon Papers case, because if there's no prior restraint, then uh, who cares if after a publication, they can put you in prison for the rest of your life, right? Uh, right. The, the, the effects of the prosecution of Julian are uh, so severe uh, that they're already stifling uh, press freedom. And we know that because the New York Times and the Washington Post editorial boards, when they come out to, to uh, denounce this, it's not because they feel sympathetic to Julian. It's probably, you know, it's it's certainly because they're receiving leaks. They're receiving material that they're not publishing because their lawyers are telling them, look at the Assange case. You can't do this anymore. It's illegal. They will put you in prison. They will go after you. That is happening in real time. It's not, it's not some future threat. It's already happening right now. And the rest of the world is looking at what's happening to Julian. And I can tell you, the rest of the world views Julian as a hero. We have 95 uh, parliamentarians in Greece who just wrote a letter to Biden to drop this case. Uh, parliamentarians from all political parties in the UK, in Germany, in Australia, even the deputy prime minister in Australia is appealing to Biden to drop this thing. And it's not just the allies. Uh, the Chinese government is calling out, you know, 
the U.S. in relation to Julian, uh, not because they have a great democratic uh, record, but because they want to say, hey, we want to, we, you know, you can't say anything when we put our, our dissidents in prison. Look what you're doing to Assange. Uh, yeah. And it, it's not just China, you know, it's Azerbaijan. It's even Belarus is using Julian's case as a, uh, you know, we have a free pass. And it's leading to a, a global race to the bottom uh, for press freedom. Uh, and the U.S. has historically been the country in the world that has been leading on press freedom. Your First Amendment is precious. No country in the world has a protection of press freedom and free speech like the U.S. has. And that is essential to your political culture. The U.S. is, is incredibly uh, free and diverse, I can tell you. But that will go away if, if the First Amendment is allowed to be undermined in the way it is. And Julian's case is basically going to break it. Yeah. And and your how old are your children now? And what are what? How are they? I mean, how are they dealing with it? How do they understand what's happening? <clears throat> well, the youngest is still young. He's he's two and a half. Uh, the eldest is already four, and he's starting to understand uh, what's going on here. Um, you know, I've I've I always try to protect them, um, and when we go and see Julian. I try to make it as a, 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 you know, it's it's a nice experience, even though the prison is horrible and they have to go, you know, they have to go past the razor wire and be searched and patted, patted down and their mouths looked into and they check behind their ears. It's very invasive and it's nasty. The, 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 the little one is just cries as soon as we step into the, the prison building because it's a, a nasty, horrible environment. And he says it's scary. Uh, uh, and our eldest is asking questions, you know, you know, why, why is he there? When is he coming home? He says, are we going to see daddy in daddy's house? And I tell him, well, that's not daddy's house. Our house is daddy's house. He's just in that place. Uh, but at the same time, I'm also telling them that that their daddy has uh, millions of people around the world, good people who are fighting for him, who are fighting for him to come home. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, I, I don't want, I'm very worried about, well, them understanding that essentially that the authorities are, are abusing their father and, and, and um, harming us as a family. Uh, it's, it's a very nasty, uh, uh, concept uh but there's also i think it's uh important that they understand from an early age about that that there are so many people who are fighting for julian uh including you guys so i'm i'm very thankful for for having me on thank you yeah thank you so much and um they're really cute i'll show i'll show i'll show a, a photo of them they look uh one of them really looks a lot like I'm sorry to say because the mom is the one who does most of the labor, but really like uh, Julian. I don't remember yeah. which I'm trying Gabriel, to get the oldest, the yeah. eldest. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to thank you and, you know, tell your your children that they have a lot of people just watch this stream about their dad um, and, you know, 
are saying what a hero he is in the chats. And let us know if there's anything that we can do. Definitely, we will be your attack dogs. We will go after whomever that you have to have good relations with, or you can't be seen attacking. And you know, we'll get in touch later. And okay. uh, thank you for doing all that you do. And thanks. And please give my regards to man to Julian. Tell him that you know there are a lot of people in the stream who are very grateful for him. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, thank Leslie. You. Thank you. That was amazing, and like infuriating and moving and we just gotta we gotta put the pressure on these people we really have to yeah. be creative about it because they are fine with letting you know they don't they'll they are they have no there's no right now without a, a lot of pressure the russia gate stuff too it's like people are afraid of being like tainted they see things and yeah and what are you going to be tainted by a free press case and the more people view it as something that's like to be avoided, it's cowardly guys. Yeah. So that's why we're coming out there. There's really nothing controversial. And I saw people in the chat. Some were upset about my questioning, like how to, how to pitch this to a resistance lib. But I'm, I'm honestly asking that question because I want to be able to clip this up for people. And I want to reach people who don't agree with us, but I really just want everyone to be faced with this. I mean, I think there's so much to, that people need to be faced with looking at, the the fact that he has these two children who are you know who now think that their dad lives in a house that's prison right they think that that's their dad's yeah. house because he's been locked up for literally not just not doing anything criminal but practicing engaging in brave truth-telling journalism journalism yes journalism that and you know what it's like the it's called the new york times problem that's what they call it right the new york times problem which is that if what Julian Assange did is so criminal, that really sucks because that means that what the New York Times did is criminal too because they published the same things. Look, I'm willing to trade almost any 10 current New York journalists for one Julian Assange. If the government has to put some journalists in prison, we'll pick let's them. Do an let's do let's pick the one that they aren't they're going to put in jail. Yeah. We should be doing that. <laughs> you know what? Why don't we do that? We should call on. We should put together a list. We're calling on the, for the arrest. I mean, we don't want to do this. We no. we unlike. Here's the thing. Unlike the people we're about to announce, we're gonna have the what playoffs, the sweepstakes. We're gonna have a list. <laughs> Which journalist? Which journalist to lock it? up? And the reason we're saying that is we don't. We unlike the journalists, we're gonna name some journalists to lock up, and these journalists are gonna be the journalists who have either condemned Assange or very obviously stayed out of it. Now, here's the thing. I don't believe that journalists should be locked up. Sadly, other people do. And so we want them to put their money where their mouths are, right? <laughs> they have two options. We're going to put together a list and either they turn themselves in or they say free Assange. <laughs> or they'll just go down in history. Honestly, who have been the worst journalists on this? And obviously, like Hillary Clinton, well, here's you know, the problem. Yeah, the funniest the way the fu the funniest way to do it would be to actually look up things that they had written that would actually get them arrested under the same law as Julian Assange. But it, none of them actually are like real journalists. So, oh, like, right, exactly, right. That's the problem. You're like, about. you're like, I know what we'll do. We'll find where they they you know publish some very important information that made the powers that be upset and revealed human rights violations. Like, oh no, wait, they don't do that. Yeah, they'll do that. They 
published like live. We could find some that published lies that got us in the war, probably. Slap the cuffs on that one. If you must. Uh, I think we should we should do this. Like, who is not talking about this? Who needs to talk about it? Talk or go to jail. That's what we should do. We should why we should just have all the people who have written about WikiLeaks. That's what we do, Leslie. We got it. We call on the New York Times and the Guardian and whatever place that published a uh, WikiLeaks. They need to fire and hand over their journalists unless those journalists say free Assange. Say free Assange. Say it. Yeah. You know, you know, we will be compared to the Black Lives Matter thugs who make people go around and say Black Lives Matter. I div- and I, I love that. I would love that. So that's yeah. That's another. I love to be compared to that. Yes, I like that. <laughs> I mean, Jim Acosta, lock him up. I want. How about all the pe- all the journalists who cried? How about you know what Jake Tapper and um, Don Lemon? Remember, they were like, oh, it's really, it's. It's kind of unnerved. It's, it's so weird to have Biden in. You know, it's so weird to have a president who doesn't yell at you. They were so moved by that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, guys, this is really effed up. And and it's so pathetic because basically, and Merrick Garland, where the hell are you? Get Get out there. Tell Biden that he's embarrassing you. This is not a good luck. You're all a bunch of Trumpians. You're all Trumpian now. It's like we hate that we hate Assange because he helped Trump, who indicted him, and that's why Biden should continue this absolutely bizarre case. Absolutely awful. I, and we didn't even. I mean. This case has got, he's been in jail more or less for like 10 years, you know, 12 yeah. years and without conviction. And one thing that I, I want to talk about um, was that like the UK, UK government spent built like millions of dollars every year just watching the embassy to make sure he didn't leave. Yeah. This, they don't ever want to let him out. They have spent millions of dollars going after him. Millions, literally the UK government and the US government, I guess the Australian government too, like they've had people working around the clock for 12 years to keep him in jail. That's several people every single day to keep him there. And Julian has to put, pay all the all the, the bills himself. Yeah, you know what? I, I retweeted something and then I deleted it. I retweeted something that, it was a good tweet. It was from, you know what, let me show it. It was from Medusa. I think it was from Medusa eight nine six. Yeah, it was. I'm. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna show this tweet, and I retweeted it, and I'm gonna unre and I unretweeted it because I said to myself, "Look, we we need an inside outside strategy, right?" And I have some of these people on my show, so I don't want to be tweeting stuff like this. Where the f are the so called squad, and so called progressives and then it tagged Cori Bush, Jamal Bowman, AOC, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Sleeb, Ro Connor, Jai, uh, and Jai Paul and others. And I retweeted it. And then I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to unretweet it. You know why, Leslie? Why? Because I want to give these people the tra- a chance. I want to give them the chance to do the right thing. And then if they don't, 
I'm I'm not going to be able to. I'll just say if they don't, I'm not going to be able to use the the, the self restraint that I'm showing right now. Self restraint. You're you're holding back. I'm holding back my retweet. Holding <laughs> back the retweet. Yes. I'm holding, holding back, back the retweet because I don't want to curse at them. But I'm not yeah. criticizing Medusa. I think that's a great tweet. But guys, come on. It's a fair Do question. It. Come out in mass. Like everyone go get in the meeting so that they can't. And you know what you got to do? This is what get Justin Amash on you with you. Like this is something that some right wing crazy right wingers would do also. I need everyone to come together, write a letter. Guys, this is a great way to own Biden. Okay, I know they've had a chance. I'm just trying to pitch them. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, oh no, no, no. I'm fine. I'm fine. Um. Oh no, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about someone. The, the yeah. thing, but guys, everyone should come together and and own Biden. I'm talking about you on the right, and I'm talking about you on the left. But they won't do that. They're afraid of him, right? Yeah, it, it is weird that the the right has a, the right could have picked this up because they because they pretended to like Assange for a little bit. Yeah, like like is that the best hope just to get the remind the right wingers to actually? I think so. I no, mean, fine. How just, sad we're gonna see it. We're gonna see. You want look, libs? You want to see this stuff to the right? Fine. Look like a bunch of idiots. The right is gonna be able to to pretend that they that they're the free speech party. I guess so. I guess so. Yes, that's a good point. You know, I I hate this thing. Someone wrote. I don't hate the, the fact that Tucker Carlson supports Assange does not mean Tucker Carlson is a good person. It is a reminder of how pathetic it is that Tucker Carlson is better on this issue than anyone who actually believes in freedom I or mean, claims to believe in freedom. Yeah. Like mentioning Rachel Maddow and Chris Hayes, people I hadn't thought about in a while, just like they hated Bush. This all started with exposing things that Bush did. That's yeah. what, all the right wing, all the Bushites hated Julian Assange. That's all the Bushites hated WikiLeaks. And then when the leaks came out during some leaks came out about the drone uh, program and the domestic surveillance, then all of a sudden now it's a problem for yeah. uh, the Democrats and the left. I guess progressives now too. Well, I think we got. I got two. Um, I have two people in mind who we can threaten to send to jail. It should be. We should use a, a hashtag jail that journal. What do you think? <laughs> well, we might have to workshop that a little bit. Just All right. Well, what, do you, what do you guys think? Or, but we can definitely say speak. You care. Like, yeah, speak. What could we something maybe, you care? We, 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 well, we don't even have to. We maybe we don't have to threaten them with jail. We just are just just generally inviting say, them. Like, Invite him, like, why don't you say something about Julian yeah. Assange? Like, it, you don't have to threaten them. They, like, this should be a basic thing for any journalist. Yeah, we, right. Please, please be principled. What could the good hashtag be? Hmm. Please tweet. Please speak like a little bush. Please clap. Please clap for free press. Well, I, you might not need a hashtag because if you just, uh, if you're just going after a one by one, you might not need a hashtag. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, I think our, our first one maybe should be one of these two. Here's here's two candidates. Okay, ready for jail my journalist, <laughs> jail that journalist, jailing with the journos, Jake Tapper and Don Lemon. This was like 
after Biden was elected. When you said, is it important that the current president is at your inauguration? And he laughed and everyone knew what he was thinking. Look at Jay and then he went on to give, to cry. I thought was a great answer. He said, it's important to the country that the country sees a smooth transition. That is what we need, Jake. Yeah, I mean, there certainly was a lot of the right answers in terms of the Justice Department is not mine, it's the People's Justice Department. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. And obviously, we'll see, the proof will be in the pudding. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was also, you know, I just have to say, interviewing him, like, um, it's, it's different. You don't have to really steal yourself for the potential reaction uh, when you bring up uncomfortable subjects, such as when I asked uh, Vice President-elect Harris about something she had said that contradicted President-elect uh, Biden, when I asked President-elect Biden about his brothers and his son. You asked about um, his family. Was Bo going yeah. to be, any of Hunter. his family members going to be on any boards or any jobs that may yeah, be in Hunter. conflict? Yeah. yeah, Hunter Biden. You brought Hunter Hunter up. And, and excuse me, Hunter, not Bo, but you, you brought yeah. him up. And there was no cringeworthy moment. He answered it very plainly and distinctly. He answered the question. Yeah, that, there, nobody's going to do anything to, in terms of business deals uh, that's going to create even the appearance of impropriety. Again, we'll see what happens, but uh, there just wasn't the, you know, attack that we're, that we in the in the in the fourth estate have been uh, used to. Uh, so that was unusual. For Jake Tapper and Don Lemon, this is free. This is this is how they view an attack on the fourth estate. Ready? It's a mean question from Trump. Again, we'll see what happens, but uh, there just wasn't the, you know, attack that we're, that we in the in the in the fourth estate have been uh, used to. Uh. Can you imagine? This is they think they're being brave journalists. That's the attack. Yeah, that's bravery right there. That's bravery. Jake Tapper and Don Lemon, you've both been attacked. We want to. I mean, it really, it really should start with all this, the CNN people. I really think though, though, the TV people are probably the worst because they, right. like, even the ones who work for the New York Times, they're even less slimy than all the people on TV who used all the WikiLeaks stuff before and mm, now aren't right. talking about that. They're even, they're even more accountable. I think actually, the TV people are worse. All right, so who, who would you go? Who should we target first, Don Lemon or Jake Tapper? Why not both? You you were the one telling me to focus. You said oh, we no, don't I, need a I hashtag. Mean, you don't need a hashtag because a hashtag is like if you're trying to build. Because it like makes you, you seem old, I know. <laughs> you you could just directly send them a message like, hey, would you like to comment on this? Got you it. Know? All right. Like, what it, it I... it, like if they follow you even in like a DM too, because a lot of these people, I mean. I don't think don't Jake Tapper me... follows me. Well, I think some of them do. I think so. Well, we, um, we, we just got to name and shame them. Somehow. I know. So who should we name and shame? We trap them. We got to trap them. I think Jake, Jake Tapper's, Rachel Maddow and Chris Hayes, actually. Rachel Maddow and Chris, oh wait, Maddow isn't online. Chris Hayes is number one. Because Chris, right, Chris Hayes, Hayes. posts. Chris Hayes posts. He tries to talk to people. Chris Hayes, I think, is doable. I mean, they want him to die behind bars. Like, they, that's it. They just want that to happen. They tried to kill Chelsea Manning. They literally sent her to they sent her to solitary when she was suicidal if that's not like trying to kill someone subjecting them to to torture yeah yeah siggy that that terrible person they should swap him out oh this is a good this isn't a bad idea jail that journo slash jail that 
sociopath, liar? That's who should be in jail. I was thinking Siggy played guitar. I was trying to come up with a thing like Siggy played. What could we say? That's like they played what? Biden. But Biden knows uh, Garland. It has to have an emphasis on the second syllable. Siggy played. Da -da. I don't know what it is. Ziggy, Ziggy played the press. That's good. Yeah. Let let Assange go to home to his family. That is something that people really need to, to um, yeah. remember that this is a human being. Anyway. All right. Anything else? Uh, no. Great um, show, yeah, this was a great show. All right, Leslie, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for watching. And All we will right, see you next you. time. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. Have a good night, everyone. Patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. But actually more important is the Julian Assange one. Please rate and review the Katie Helper Show on iTunes. Please support the show on Patreon. That's Patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's Patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show.